0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fans Talk Pro Wrestling Podcast. As always, I am your host with the Holla French Toast, Freddie Carlson, and today I am going it solo. We got a lot of big wrestling news recently in the world of professional wrestling, and it has been a minute since the Fans Talk Pro Wrestling Podcast has been able to cover it, so it is time for us to gather back together, and unfortunately, Angelo's at work right now And I had a little bit of time at the time of recording, so I wanted to hop on here and to cover some of the big news topics in the wrestling world as of late. And a lot of them may even have to tie into one another, and we're going to get to that. So, we are going to start with the recent events revolving around WWE. As we all know, we are on the road to WrestleMania. As we are on the road to WrestleMania, a lot of big things are supposed to happen. Well there's been a lot of big things and some of them have been good and some of them have been bad let's look back going all the way back to january at the royal rumble wwe's one event of the year where they can almost do no wrong as long as they book the rumble matches correctly and for all intents and purposes even the backup of the rumble matches this year was great edge and miz and the mixed tag team match it couple versus grit couple was very good Reigns and rollins tore the house down lashley and lesnar the dream match we never thought we'd see it was very good The finish was a little sketchy, but nonetheless, it was workable. And then, um, the Rumble matches themselves. Very well put together, I think, in both respects. The Women's Rumble was probably the better overall match than the Men's Rumble because the Men's one felt a little flat early on, and then it just tried to cram too much in towards the very end. However, the thing that was most controversial coming out of these shows was the winners of the two matches. Um, So with the Women's Rumble, we had the return of Rowdy Ronda Rousey into the Women's Rumble. She came in and she won the whole friggin' thing. That's right, Rowdy Ronda Rousey won the Royal Rumble. And that was cool, I'll give it that. Um, I was a little bit disappointed that there wasn't certain returns that I was hoping for. Um, I was a big proponent of hoping that Bailey would return and Bailey would also possibly win the match. Um, we obviously didn't get her at all. We also didn't get Asuka, Alexa Bliss, or any of the other options that we were hoping for, but we got some good outings from people like Lita, and it actually led to Lita having a rum, uh, run at the Raw Women's title post-Royal Rumble. Uh, so, Rousey winning the match was very good. It was really cool to see Mickie James in the Impact Knockouts Championship featured on WWE TV, which had never been done before, uh, especially in that capacity. So, that was cool. And in all things considered, Rousey not a bad choice for Rumble winner. Did she absolutely need it? No. Could it have gone to somebody else? Yes. But as the WrestleMania picture gets more and more clear, it was painfully obvious that it was either Rousey or a back-to-back year for Bianca Belair. And really, realistically, it could have gone either way. But nonetheless, Ronda Rousey won the Women's Rumble, and I can let that one go. The Men's Rumble was a bit more chaotic. I was very hyped. That there was one and two, AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura uh, being the focal points of the early part of the match. Austin Theory had a great showing. Ridge Holland lasted a long time, and those were some early highlights. Uh, it was cool to see um, Omos, you know, not be used improperly he was a proper big man and that's kind of what you want when you have a match like this so that was good um but it still felt a little flat it felt like the middle part of the match was kind of just trailing on looking to get where we wanted to get and eventually it got to be so much jam-packed in the last 10 or 15 minutes that it was just too much uh, the surprise entrance came, you know, very quickly. Drew McIntyre's return was unexpected, but also very welcomed. I love Drew; it was good to have him back so quickly after his uh, time off that he was supposedly taking due to his neck injury. But he's back, and he's in full swing. Uh, we also had the return of Shane McMahon. I personally didn't need that one. <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. We're alive. Thank you. Um, but um, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, unnecessary to have Shane back and then of course number 30 being Brock Lesnar Uh, there was a lot of other choices who should have won this Rumble but uh, the way that it worked out was that Brock Lesnar was going to Wrestlemania to face Roman Reigns and we all knew that but who knew that they were going to be unifying the Universal and uh, WWE Championships Um, they're going to be unified in one match at Wrestlemania the night two main event Uh, Lesnar and Reigns title for title winner take all unification match Um, realistically, they are billing it as the biggest WrestleMania match in history, and to an extent, it can be up there. Uh, I just don't like when they pigeonhole themselves into a corner like they did when Edge and Randy Orton competed in the quote-unquote greatest wrestling match of all time, which I think was a big, um, boo-boo on the match, because the match was great, but we've talked about it out here on the podcast, the match being as great as it was. It was never going to be the best match of all time if you tried calling it that before it happened. You just need to let it happen naturally. So I hope that Brock and Roman can pick up a lot more of their WrestleMania 31 match rather than their WrestleMania 34 match. Uh, but this actually is a pretty cool uh, factoid about the Reigns and Lesnar match at the Raw, at Mania. It's going to be only the second, sorry, the third Time in history that a pair of superstars in a one-on-one match will have a one-on-one match at three separate WrestleManias, and it will be the first time that all three of those matches go on as the main event, the closing match, at all three of the Manias they partook uh, the first of those three belonged to Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, who closed out WrestleMania's 15 and 17, which in my opinion, one of the greatest matches of all time at 17, and they also went at it again at 19, although they did not close the show that night. Similarly, Triple H and The Undertaker had three matches at WrestleMania's 17, 27, and 28, but actually none of those three went on last, especially... Uh, which is a bit shocking considering how their one at WrestleMania 28 could have feasibly been the main event with the stakes involved if they weren't on the same show as John Cena and The Rock once in a lifetime, which ended up being twice in a lifetime, but who knew? Uh, Well, Vince McMahon did, but that's a separate issue for another day. Uh, So we're moving right along then. So the Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns faced off of WrestleMania 31 and 34 in the main events of both shows. 31 is highly regarded as a great main event and and probably one of the best WrestleMania moments in history when Seth Rollins cashed in Money in the Bank to become the world champion and close out the show. Historic, unbelievable, and something that I don't think we'll ever see on that level again. Um, but then at WrestleMania 34, it was a dud, and it was famous for the Brock Lesnar going through the curtain at the end and throwing his title belt at Vince McMahon. So uh, they've also had some other matches at Greatest Royal Rumble, SummerSlam 2018, and Crown Jewel 2021. Uh, none of those matches quite captured the magic of the first one at WrestleMania 31, so here's the hoping that if they're building this as the greatest WrestleMania match of all time, that it can somehow, way, live up to the hype. Um, So moving along from the road to WrestleMania and transitioning into a little bit of the unknown when it comes to the road to WrestleMania, and I only say that because we might see a certain someone at WrestleMania who left AEW. That's right, the big news a couple of weeks ago breaking on social media that Cody Rhodes and his wife Brandy alongside of him are in fact leaving AEW. And at the time of recording, which is exactly 16 days after that news broke to the wrestling world, it still feels a little bit weird because Cody... Left WWE with a goal to make independent wrestling a bigger stage, and he did that. And then AEW was partly his baby, and we all know what his involvement meant at the very beginning, along with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and some of the other vital pieces that were involved from day one. Chris Jericho getting on board right away. Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and of course Tony Khan's you know checkbook funding all of it early on until he got comfortable doing the things that he needed to do. I think that it was absolutely important that... um, that cody stay involved this is one of those guys that i thought was going to be an aew lifer and whether or not aew lifer meant until they go out of business which i truly don't hope that they ever do i think that what they provide is great to the wrestling world it's just a matter of uh doing things a certain way that can sometimes turn people off i i know in the past i've been a bit critical of, of wwe uh, of wwe and of aew and i don't want either company to fail i want them both to succeed i think that they're uh Two vital companies and their and their competition with one another, whether they admit it or not, is actually really necessary. It's a necessary evil, so to speak, for what they're aiming to do, but putting that aside. Uh, Cody Rhodes leaving AEW was probably not what I expected to hear on that Tuesday uh, Tuesday morning when the news broke on social media, but it's nice to see that this is something that's possible. I mean, we've only really seen in the last three years since AEW came into existence people leaving WWE or uh, on occasion other promotions like Ring of Honor, New Japan, and Impact uh, coming to AEW, and I spoke about how Tony Khan kind of needs to chill with his checkbook, so to speak. And he signs a lot of big names. Um, yes, he did sign Keith Lee recently, um, which actually was, I was a big fan of, which I know is kind of hypocritical to the topic that I spoke about several months back where I spoke about, uh, in a article on our website that, um, Tony Khan has been signing way too many talents and if you look at the overall roster of AEW and the amount of TV time that they have, it's just never going to be possible to feature everybody. And that's not to mention when they have special guests who come in from other promotions just to compete here and there, to maybe work a small program, or if they start signing more names. However, Keith Lee is an addition that I think is great and that's mostly a bias personally because I love Keith Lee and I'm still sour about how his WWE run went after NXT was done and he gets called up. He was so over, he was so good and he still is and WWE just dropped the ball and they changed his attire and his theme song and we can we can beat the same dead horse a million more times but you know what he's not there anymore he's in AEW he's got a great theme song he's wearing his gear he's got his beard which is the best Keith Lee look and I will not let anyone say otherwise and Keith Lee is going to do great things in AEW I have a feeling he's already qualified for the face of the revolution uh, ladder match which at the time of recording takes place this Sunday March the 6th AEW is live on pay-per-view, um, and Keith Lee will be a part of the Face of the Revolution ladder match. Um, but back to uh Cody Rhodes and leaving AEW, it's just it's something that I did not expect. Um and that's something else too that I think is gonna be of vital importance to what's gonna come. I mean, there's been a lot of rumors about Cody going back to WWE almost immediately after his exit post um from AEW. Um he was you know, there was rumors uh, that he was going back to WWE and that he was going to have a big featured WrestleMania match. And I mean, I guess it's still possible. We're still 30 days away from WrestleMania on this day of recording. And I, you know, it's still a feasibility, I guess, but I don't really want him to go back to WWE. I mean, um, and those of the guys in the club group chat. Shout out to the club. We're going to do what we normally do and throw up the too sweet as we reference them. Uh, we were speaking about it actually earlier today, and I said, uh, I said a little bit of my piece when it comes to Cody and going back to WWE. So for me, I think Cody... Left WWE in 2016, and he wanted to send a message. This was probably one of their bigger name releases back then. They were they were letting him go, and this was a guy who who came up in their system. He was the son of Dusty Rhodes, and obviously Dusty worked with the company for the majority of his uh, younger years in the business. Um, after he returned to the Hall of Fame in 2007, Cody uh, was in the um, in their developmental. He came up to the main roster, feuded with Randy Orton, and the Tag Titles Legacy. Uh, the dashing Cody Rhodes stuff, all the things that he did, he did great with anything he was given. And I think that pre-Stardust, that 2013 Cody run where he had that match with Randy Orton on Raw where he actually lost his job and the subsequent feud with the Authority and the Shield and winning the tag titles with his brother Dustin, it was such good stuff, and I think that they really missed a big opportunity. That was the moment where Cody was going to be a single star. And he needed to be capitalized on then and there, not wasted for too long in a tag team. That was a feel-good moment, but now you need to turn it around and make it into something. And after they lost the titles to the New Age Outlaws, they kind of just floundered in the mid-card of the division. And then eventually Cody got so low of a point that he turned into Stardust. And I've had my opinions about Stardust, the Stardust character in the past, and it just felt like a cheap ripoff of his brother's terrible gimmick i mean gold dust was popular in the 90s but it was a character that should have died a long time ago and they kept bringing it back and bringing it back because yeah it was over at a time but it's not over anymore in 2013 14 15 16 17 you know he then goes to being the golden truth and all that i mean it, it, he, he's a comedy actor dustin in wwe and aew is a lot more serious and i like that more and it's a nice compliment to what he used to do but Cody really, he left WWE to prove a point. He's a big name. He's a guy who was supposed to be a WWE guy for life, future WWE champion, all the high touts that he was receiving back then. And he uh, you know, he leaves WWE and he goes to anywhere and everywhere. I mean, I went to an independent show in 2016, a few months after his release, a company called NEW, Northeast Wrestling, which operates mostly in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and occasionally down in Philadelphia. And, um... You know he was at a signing at the show. He was he was doing a signing before the show and he was wrestling there. I mean he's at a small wrestling promotion show in Pomona, New York. I mean he was doing um, he was doing little shows. He was going across the pond everywhere he could. I mean I was a big fan of WCPW, which was a YouTube wrestling show based on what culture um, the the YouTube channel and he wrestled there and he was a champion in what culture for a while. He was an impact and he was in. You know, GFW, and he was everywhere. Then he goes to New Japan and the American Nightmare gimmick, which was so over at the time, and, and heel Cody Rhodes. He was such a jackass. That's what you loved. I remember watching Cody in New Japan in Ring of Honor in those days when he was a Ring of Honor world champion, and he was the guy that you wanted to see because you hated to see him, but you wanted to see him get his. He was a true, proper heel. And then he turns babyface because, you know, the all-in stuff was great and he was really going to, we all knew he was going to work face that show and he was over. That crowd popped like crazy in his match with Nick Aldis for the NWA World's Heavyweight title. And when he won that title that night, it was even louder. And yeah, he only held the title for a little while, but then Ring of Honor, his contract runs out, he goes to an AEW, they form the company, they start it up. He's in the first match in the first Dynamite that they have and he's... He's he's just he's the face of the company and he did a lot of good in that first 6 to 8 months of AEW when they debuted on TV and they were finding their footing. He was Chris Jericho's first feud after winning the World Title at All Out 2019. You know the pandemic promo, right as the pandemic started, really making you believe that even though we're in the worst and craziest times of our lives, that he was going that his company was going to provide you with solace and comfort. And I think that all of those things were great. And yeah, the last six to eight months of his run in twenty twenty one, probably even the last full year, if we're not being, if we're being honest, and all of twenty twenty one was a bit more lackluster. It was not what we wanted out of Cody. It was kind of forcing a lot of things that we didn't want anymore. And that's okay. I mean, it was. Well, I wouldn't say it's okay, but it was doable. Cody leaving AEW was a shock because, I mean, this guy was doing everything with everyone. He wasn't afraid to do the job. He puts over guys like QT Marshall and Darby Allen and Brody Lee. You know, guys who probably wouldn't have, if, they, if this match was happening in WWE, Cody would have been the big fish and, and Vince would have put him over because he would have had tenure there. But now he's in AEW, and Cody has the chance to get back, and he was doing a great job of it. And yeah, there was moments when he was being a little selfish. I mean, that last TNT title run was just the most unnecessary thing in the world. Granted, it gave us a fantastic ladder match, and what was Cody's last AEW match of his career to this point, should he ever go back. But he's leaving AEW, and that's, that's a huge shock. And I, I'm still kind of trying to process it, as I'm sure we all are in our own way. And there's nothing wrong with that, but know it's uh it's a little bit surprising to see something like this happen and we hope uh, that cody goes somewhere good here at the fans talk pro wrestling podcast and does something great with his career i know wherever he goes it's going to be uh pretty good um that being said that's actually going to lead us into the most recent bit of news uh at the time of recording we are less than 24 hours removed from tony khan's massive announcement on dynamite this week AEW dynamite march the 2nd 2022 Tony Khan opened the show with a huge announcement that he signed a contract as of yesterday morning to become the new owner of Ring of Honor Wrestling. That's right, Ring of Honor, which we covered in depth a few months ago about them shutting their doors at the end of 2020. They had Final Battle, and at that point, we were kind of like, is this going to be it? Is Final Battle 2021 going to be the end of Ring of Honor in terms of its company, its lineage, the company that launched the careers of guys like CM Punk and AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, and and, uh, among others? Um, And we really weren't sure. And yes, in the last month or so, they've they've announced that they're coming back in April with Supercard of Honor and that they plan to go on tour again afterwards uh, with a new like, revitalized roster and all the changes that are going to come. And it seemed interesting already with what they were looking to provide us going into that show. But now, Tony Khan's your owner. Tony Khan owns the company. It's everything. Um, It's... it's, uh, it's really something that's its amazing to see. I mean, I don't think we've really seen anything kind of like this before. I mean, yeah, Vince McMahon ate up, at least in the modern era, in the 80s, Vince McMahon ate up the territories, buying them out one by one and acquiring their talent. And if they had a video library, he acquired that too. And... That's why nowadays the WWE network is so diverse and has so many options to watch because he bought these companies' libraries years and years ago and he was able to use their wrestlers. I mean, Hulk Hogan was not a Vince McMahon uh, project. Yeah, he fine-tuned it to the character that he wanted, but Hulk Hogan started another company, AWA, and he ended up coming to Vince McMahon's company because Vince bought out Vern Gagne and and, and, and among many other promotions, and he got Hulk Hogan. And... And it's not an Andre the Giant, same thing. The Ultimate Warrior, same thing. We can go on and on, and even even when it was WCW. I mean, remember back in the '90s, it was a big deal of who was going to go from WWE to WCW and vice versa. You know, and a lot of the guys that Vince got came from WCW. I mean, Benoit, Guerrero, De Malenko, Chris Jericho, Gold. Well, Goldberg came later on, but even still, you know, guys who came and made a name in WWE. Yeah, there were guys that didn't. I mean. Sorry to say that Diamond Dallas Page's WWE career did not go the same as his as, as WCW career. He was one of the best in WCW, and he had a, just a poor gimmick and poor booking in WWE, but... Overall, you have guys that came over to WWE in that time period and made a name for themselves. And it's happened even since. I mean, AJ Styles is a prime candidate who left TNA after being with them for over a decade and being their cornerstone for so long. World Championships, you know, being the guy there for so long, despite all the influx of talent who were made in WWE. We we talked about that too. Kurt Angle, Kevin Nash, Sting, Booker T, guys who were not tna guys they were guys from wcw wwe or elsewhere and they came in and they were being the center point of the product that should have been focused around guys like aj styles samoa joe and and frankie kazarian for being honest but um styles stuck out there and he was the guy for a very long time and then he left and he went to ring of honor and specifically new japan pro wrestling and he had an amazing run there his matches were top of the line world champion over there wrestling with guys like Um Okada and Nakamura and his his run in the Bullet Club and then he comes to WWE and arguably he's had the best run of his career in WWE for the last six plus years simply because he was fine tuned elsewhere and Vince McMahon knew what he had and put him out there and made him amazing. So we're talking about Ring of Honor now who is now owned by AEW, AEW, the company and the man who owns that and who owns and operates that, Tony Khan, also owns and operates Ring of Honor as of yesterday. And the details are not really exact about what's going to be what. There's a lot of rumors that Ring of Honor and its TV deal and what they do with their shows will actually be more of a developmental NXT type of a show for AEW. And if you're trying to equivalent uh, equivocate it to WWE, you know. WWE has Raw and SmackDown. NXT is there too, and that's their developmental, but it's also got a TV deal. You know, AEW's got um, Dynamite and Rampage, and then you'll have maybe a, a Ring of Honor as your version of NXT. And, I mean, I'm not trying to say that they need to mimic what WWE does in any way. In fact, I don't think that's a good idea at all. What I think they should do is take advantage of this opportunity because now you have the name and tape library of one of the most well-respected companies in the history of this business because of what they provided. You have on your roster already so many guys who at one time or another made their name in Ring of Honor. I mean, we can go up and down the list of guys who... um you know, who have been in A who are in AEW now and who are at one time or another in Ring of Honor and often are not champions there? How many former Ring of Honor world champions are employed by uh, by AEW right now? And I, I mean off the top of my head, CM Punk. Fra- uh, Christopher Daniels. Uh John Moxley, who wasn't AEW he wasn't Ring of Honor champion, but still, John Moxley was there. Brian Danielson. Uh I can go on and on and on, and how many Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, you know, Keith Lee worked there for a time. We can go on and on. So now AEW owns it. They own their tape library, A Ring of Honor's got their own Hall of Fame that's about to be begin with with guys like Danielson and Punk being two of the first five inductees, alongside Samoa Joe and the Briscoes. Can you imagine now if you bring a, if guys like the Briscoes who have been loyal to Ring of Honor for so many years, bring them into AEW now and the matches that they could have with Santana and Ortiz and with FTR and the Best Friends and the Young Bucks again and renew some old rivalries with the Bucks that we haven't seen since you know the Bucks left Ring of Honor. The Young Bucks who were how many times world tag team champions in Ring of Honor? Six man tag team champions in Ring of Honor. Hangman Adam Page was a star in Ring of Honor and he's now the AEW world champion. How about the Ring of Honor champion right now, Jonathan Gresham? He can come over and be a part of this. Bandito, who's technically the, the, you know, Gresham's the interim champion in a technical sense, but Bandito too. And we can go on and on, and I'm so excited for what could come next. There's so many options. Um, and I'm just excited to see what's going to happen. But I think one interesting note that came about, again, in a, in a story today um, on social media, and as I said, it kind of relates to Cody Rhodes, was that Cody is being rumored to be the quote-unquote owner or um, booker ahead of talent, whatever you want to call it. For this Ring of Honor, so in technicality, he no longer works for AEW. He'll work for Ring of Honor, and he'll kind of own and operate the day-to-day there. Tony Khan being the over over the overall manager owner of it, he'll pay the bills, but Cody would run it. And I like that concept. Now, going back to what we were talking about moments ago with Cody, Cody's last year or so in the business was as we as AEW at least was a bit iffy, and we've talked about it. I mean. He he really was not connecting with his promos. They kind of were all over the place, and he wasn't over. People were booing him, and he was a face, and he wouldn't turn, and he was being a, a mark about it. And it, it was it was it was a lot of craziness. Um, but one thing that I can you can never doubt about Cody is that when he's in the ring, he gives it his all. You know he'll have a great match with a broomstick. I mean, we can go down the list of guys that he's had a great match with in AEW. You know, the the Brody Lees and the Darby Allens and the and the Malachi Blacks and and it's it's an extensive list. And his stories are always top of the line. Um, but you know, one thing, and I'm 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 gonna be honest. I'm, I'm gonna make a point that comes from. Uh, The Busted Open podcast, Uh, plug in the Busted Open podcast, one of my favorite ones to listen to. Uh, Dave LaGreca, Mark Henry, Tommy Dreamer, and Bully Ray, they do a great job with the the Busted Open podcast. Some great insights from three guys who know the business very well. They're they're all very unique takes on the business, and Dave LaGreca being a very great host for it. Uh, I don't often agree with Bully Ray. His his opinions can be very, very... um, uh, some things that I don't I don't really see eye to eye with, but one thing he said probably back in November or so about Cody really stuck with me, and it still does to this day, especially considering all the Cody news as of late, leaving AEW and uh, possibly owning Ring of Honor or being involved there as well. When let's flash back to November when Cody Rhodes had a match with Andrade El Idolo. It was a no holds barred match or whatever it was called. It was one of those match, no rules, no stipulation with no rules. Cody took the reverse superplex face first into or back first into a flaming table on free TV in a match that did not have that much heat, no pun intended on the flaming table. Because it wasn't a match that had been built up for months and months. I mean, yeah, they'd had a few interactions on TV, but it wasn't like it was his blood feud with MJF that lasted for months and months, probably going on towards a year. Or his feud with Chris Jericho, where he literally put his opportunities at world title matches in the future on the line. You know, this was not that. And he's out here pulling out a flaming table spot. And Bully-related Cody and his efforts in that match, and of late at the time and what he's gone through with the bumps and the moments and the things he's doing... He's liking him to Tommy Dreamer. Now that's not a bad thing. Tommy Dreamer's great. He's from my hometown. Tommy Dreamer is a great guy. And he's a good wrestler. He's got a great career. He's had a great career. But Tommy Dreamer literally for lack of a better phrase would kill himself and I don't like that term, but you know, he would kill himself to get the, to get over with the crowd. You know, and by the by the time he realized that he may not need to do everything that he used to do, he was so over for that. He had to keep doing it. And if he didn't do it, he wasn't going to connect anymore. And so he was in a pigeonhole and Cody is putting himself there. And I think if he goes back to WWE, he's going to further pigeonhole himself as a guy who's only in it, A, for the money, and B, because he wants to do whatever he wants with himself. A modern-day Hulk Hogan who's in it for the money, and he's in it to, to book himself and go over when he wants to and really get what he wants and I don't know if that's the truth I hope not and I don't know what would happen if Cody does go back to WWE but how about if he does take this thing with Ring of Honor what if that is where he goes it's all speculation right now so we can't guarantee this is just me talking off the top of my head about it but if Cody sticks with Ring of Honor and he goes back to where he became a huge star outside of WWE yeah he went to every indie company you can imagine yeah he made stops at Impact and then New Japan but he was the guy in Ring of Honor for the better part of 2017 Ring of Honor World Champion main event in their shows. I was there at Final Battle 2017 when he faced our Dalton Castle for the world title. And when Dalton Castle beat him for that title, the whole place went nuts. And Cody put him over in the best way possible. It was a very good match, and everything was great. Um. So I think that Cody would be a better fit. Um in in ring of honor i think that what he could provide there is not going to pigeonhole him because he can still be an in-ring competitor and he can also be a great controller of the company he has a great creative mind i'll give him that it's not uncommon for guys to you know i mean it, it would be like the old school promoters kind of thing There was a lot of guys who were promoters who were also wrestlers back in the day um and I think Cody could be a nice compliment to both, to both sides of it, and I think that it would be the best-case scenario if you're Cody Rhodes. is Don't go back to WWE. You're a guy who, who's always going to be a big fish in whatever pond you go to in any company outside of WWE, but the second you go back there, not only are you pigeonholing yourself as a guy who's always going to come crawling back to Vince McMahon's wallet at the end of the day because his is the deepest one of every company in the world in terms of pro wrestling, but you're also putting yourself in the position of having to say, you know, oh, well, I want to get over here and I want to be world champion here. Well, yeah, go beat Roman Reigns. I'm sorry, but Cody Rhodes at this this stage of his career ain't going to be the one to beat Roman Reigns. He ain't going to be the one to beat Brock Lesnar. I'd be hard-pressed to see if he can even beat a guy like Seth Rollins right now. Probably yes, at least when it comes to Seth. And there are a lot of unique and intriguing feuds that Cody could have at, with this character, this version of himself. If he brings the American nightmare to WWE, and it's this Cody, and it stays this Cody, and he works at the level he did in AEW and Ring of Honor in New Japan. Then yeah, Cody can be a fit in WWE, but I still don't think he's going to be able to put take down Roman Reigns. And if he does, I'd be absolutely like, like pissed. Because Roman is on the run of his life, and it's not going to end to a guy like Cody Rhodes. I'm sorry. It's just not. It should not. It cannot. It's not the way to go. And I don't think Vince McMahon is going to be bringing Co- like opening up his wallet to Cody and telling him all these things. He ain't going to be promising him a sweet nothing of beating Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, when he finally loses the title or if he wins at WrestleMania, if he doesn't lose at WrestleMania to Brock Lesnar, which could be a feasibility, although I really don't want him to. I want Roman to keep the Universal title, win the WWE title, and be champion for significantly longer, and and just work both shows. Roman can be beaten, but it can't be by a guy like Cody. It's got to take time. It's got to play out, and it's got to be to a guy that has a serious blood feud with him. I still think it could be and should be Seth freaking Rollins because their story does not have a conclusion after what happened at the Royal Rumble, and I think that Roman, is like him and Seth tell the best stories with each other. They have a lot of chemistry because they've been working together for so many years. And I think, I truly think that this would be the way to do it. And don't do it right away. Let it play out. Let Roman do his thing and beat everybody. He's already beaten everybody on SmackDown. Let him go and beat everybody on Raw. Let him beat every single person who steps to him. He's already beaten Seth. So Seth will work his way back up. I still think Seth can do a lot of other good in the other parts of the card and then eventually get that proper main event run by beating Roman Reigns, solidifying himself as the best. That's what I want. That's what I'd love to see. So, it's... It's been a busy couple of weeks, uh, months in the wrestling world, and I hope that... um, uh, I hope... That we continue to see some some good things. I want to see some clarity with the Cody Rhodes situation. I want to know where he's going to end up and what he's going to do. I want to see some clarity with what's going to happen with Ring of Honor now. Is it going to be a developmental show of Ring of Honor, of, of AEW? Is it going to be a third brand? Is it going to be, you know, its own entity with Cody Rhodes running it? Is it going to be a is Cody gonna run it? But is it gonna be interesting, you know, intertwined with AEW? Is it gonna have crossover? I don't know, and I'd like to know. And also, we're inching closer and closer to the biggest wrestling show of the year. Sorry, New Japan. Sorry, AEW. Sorry, every other company, but it's WrestleMania. It always is WrestleMania, and it always will be WrestleMania. And we got some big matches on tap for WrestleMania. We got Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, as we've already mentioned in the main event. The title unification winner-take-all match between Brock and Roman for the Universal and WWE Championships. Winner-take-all titles will be unified as WrestleMania Sunday comes to a close in the main event there. Charlotte Flair will be will face Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Title on the Ross on the night one uh, as will Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Title. Uh, at the time of recording, we also know that Sami Zayn will face Johnny Knoxville for the Intercontinental Championship. Which that's a weird sentence to say, but if even if that was weird, how about Logan Paul and the Miz versus Ray and Dominic Mysterio? Yeah, that's happening too. But the match I'm probably most looking forward to out of all the ones on this show and both nights is going to be. The Raider Art Superstar Edge and the phenomenal AJ Styles, for the first time ever, they will go one-on-one at WrestleMania, and it is going to be absolutely amazing. Trust me when I tell you I have the utmost confidence in these two to put on probably the match of the night maybe the match of the weekend and one of the matches of the year because we know how good Edge is. He's been doing it in WWE for almost 25 years and he has been on the roll of his life since he returned two years ago from his his career-ending injury and his matches with the likes of Seth Rollins in 2021 have proven that that Edge is still able to work at the highest levels possible and a match with AJ Styles is just the next logical step and AJ we've all known for many many years is probably arguably if not the best one of the best professional wrestlers wrestlers top to bottom head to toe on the on the planet today and a match between these two which has never happened one-on-one before in fact their only previous interaction before this past monday night on raw was in the 2020 royal rumble when edge speared styles moments after returning in that huge pop styles hurt his shoulder got eliminated and that was all we saw of aj and edge we didn't see either of them cross paths again but now they have and now wrestlemania is set styles and edge and that's the match i'm most looking forward to But that'll be it for tonight on the Fans Talk Pro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for joining us once again, and we hope that you've enjoyed this recap and analysis and our take on the recent events of the wrestling world. The Cody Rhodes situation with AEW, the fallout from the Royal Rumble and Elimination Chamber, and with Ring of Honor being purchased by AEW and Tony Khan. Plus, we looking ahead, looking ahead to Wrestlemania. So we are excited. We're on the road to Wrestlemania. We're on the road to Supercard of Honor. We're on the road to Revolution and to Double or Nothing. What is going to happen in, in the professional wrestling world? I don't know, but let's stay tuned because I'm very excited. It's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan, and it's an exciting time to watch this amazing product that we get on almost every single night of the week across various networks and through various companies and promotions. So for the Fans Talk Pro Wrestling Podcast, I have been your host with the Holla French Toast, Freddie Carlson, and I will. See see you all very soon and always remember to like share and subscribe and never be afraid to be a fan so long everyone